tall and she grew up right with the Indiana boys on an Indiana night. What you drinking? I'm having a nice cup of Irene tea. I don't like tea. But this one will provide you a little bit of nostalgia. It's family owned and operated in Indiana. Well, let me try some of that. Oh, that's pretty good. Where'd you get it from? I went to IraneTea.com and in a few clicks, it was at our front door. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Live, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Tonight's show is brought to you by Dr. Eric Jones Medical Practice, located in Pendleton, Indiana. Dr. Jones is a former Pendleton Height Arabian and Ball State Cardinal basketball player. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for your help in keeping the nostalgia alive. For whatever ails you, give Dr. Jones a call at area code 765-221-9413. Just a little insight on what I do. I love the game of basketball. Basketball and Indiana go together like peanut butter and jelly. I run IndianaBasketballMemories.com. It's Facebook fan page, which is called Indiana Basketball Memories website. And also do a podcast on Podbean called Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. Please like our Facebook page and go on over to KeepingTheNostalgiaAlive.Podbean.com and follow our podcasts. The game fills my heart with joy and we need to document the past so the future can remember. Joining me this evening is 2010 Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame inductee, Chuck Bavis. Uh, Mr. Bavis had uh, close to 1,500 career points at Garrett High School. He led his Railroaders, which I, I love that name. It is a very unique name to an undefeated regular senior, se senior se season. Uh, he was in the 1966 Indiana All-Star. And the 7-footer played for Purdue University and was a member of the 1969 Big Ten Champs and NCAA runner-up team. Um, Chuck, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your Sunday evening. I know we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, which which is all good. But you you get you got the edit button and stuff like that. So you know, technology gives that gives us that kind of stuff to uh, to to help us out. So thank you for joining me. Oh, it's my it's my honor to be with you, Billy. And uh, I, I love to follow you on Facebook and. Uh, have uh, been reunited with uh, so many uh, old. Uh, old players from the past that uh, it's so much fun to follow and you're uh, you're uh, so adept and great at putting some great information up there. I really enjoy it and it's really a, a wonderful honor for me to be with you this evening. Well, Sorry about the little hiccup uh, getting together here with you. <laughs> uh, oh, no problem whatsoever and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, so uh, tell, mm. us a, tell us a little bit about growing up and, uh, 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 and, and when you started getting that height and and who taught you uh, your first uh, uh, your first things about basketball? And when did you think, hey, you know what, you know, I enjoy this game? Well, uh, as you mentioned, I was from a little uh, railroad community up in uh, northeastern Indiana, up north of Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, Billy Garrett. And uh, we were so fortunate uh, back in the day. Uh, to have Coach Ward Smith there, and he uh, he took a great interest in uh, developing young talent and started. Uh, guys, this was back would have been back in the late fifties. Started a little league basketball organization there in Garrett, and we had all the local uh, car dealers and uh, the uh, local pharmacy and all those people sponsor the teams. 
so I started out at the ripe old age of the third grade was my first year, uh, actually in organized, uh, basketball. And that's, uh, that's where I started to learn. And, um, I, I had, uh, the height, even at that age, I was always taller than everybody in my own grade and even grades beyond me. So I was always the big guy. And, uh, I uh, have great memories. I can still remember every coach I had back uh, back at the Garrett Little League level, and I've run into them over the years many, many times. And they'll come up to me. <laughs> they'll come up to me, and um, you know, say, hey, "Chuck, uh, remember Coach So and So?" I say, "Well, I sure do." But uh, that's how it all started, and uh, Coach Smith. Uh, I think it was way ahead of his time back then, and I think that's what helped develop the talent there to uh, our little high school um, uh, during a, a span of uh, several decades had great, great basketball talent and uh, much, much success there here at high school. Uh, was there anybody that you kind of, you know, when you first started playing basketball that, uh, you know, you, you kind of looked up to or you kind of fashioned your game after, or uh, was there anybody that you saw that played ball and you said, you know what? You know, I, I want to be like them. Well, yeah, there was. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> on those little league teams. We had an outstanding uh, talent uh, at that time by the name of Larry Getz. Uh, in fact, their whole uh, their whole family, uh, a lot of the boys there, I forget just how many boys, but uh, were all uh, extremely adept at playing basketball. But Larry got... Uh, uh, was a was a big star at that time, and um, um, I, uh, uh, you know, kind of if I had to model myself after somebody, it would have been Larry. Uh, Larry's a great student, went on to play at uh, Tulane University. So uh, that was uh, that was my first uh, my first idol in basketball, at Garrett uh, Larry Getz. Was uh, when you was Garrett the uh, high school that you could play as a freshman? Um, yeah, you could. I mean, it just, you really didn't see it, uh, much back then. Um, I, uh, I didn't really, uh, start playing varsity until I was a sophomore. And even that was quite, uh, um, uh, quite, uh, unheard of. I mean, you did see a few kids uh, playing varsity as a sophomore, but not many. Uh, so, so what, what, what was your height when you were, go- when you started high school? Uh, when I was a freshman, I was about six six, six seven in that in that range uh, as a freshman. And then uh, when I came back my sophomore year, I was uh, I I grew uh, three inches over that summer. I came back at six ten, but I had lost a considerable amount of weight. I was about as wide as I was tall when I was a freshman, Billy. And. Uh, um, I, I, uh, my weight approached, uh, close to 300 pounds. And, uh, of course I was a heck of, you know, couldn't have had to a football player, I guess. I did play freshman football, but, uh, after I came back, uh, my sophomore year, I was, uh, 6'10 and down to about 215 pounds. And, um, so things kind of went along a little bit smoother. I had, uh, dedicated myself and worked hard that summer. Uh, coach Smith, uh, poked his finger about two inches into my belly uh, at the end of the school year there, my freshman year, and, and uh, looked me in the eye and said, uh, Chuck, you know, you've got a great future ahead of you in basketball. 
if you can work on this stuff here, it's uh, hanging, hanging around your waist, I think it'll really help you. So um, I took it by heart and uh, came back, and I don't think he was expecting me to grow three inches over the summer, but I did, and uh, came back at uh, 6'10", about 2'15 or so. When did you start catching the eye of uh, uh, college scouts? Well, actually, about my it was my sophomore year. Uh, towards the end of the year, we had a we had a very uh, talented uh, senior group on uh, uh, that I played with that year at Garrett, and in fact, we went to uh, semi-state. And of course, that was back. You have to remind everybody that's back when you didn't have class basketball. So we were playing with some pretty big schools by the time we got to semi-state. Um, but, um, and the fact that we went so far in the tournament, of course, also helped. I mean, uh, a lot of publicity surrounding our, our small high school, uh, getting that far. And, um, we actually had a couple, um, my partner, uh, Jim Heights also was on, on the team that year. And he was, uh, 6'10 also. <clears throat> so we drew a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of media attention, um, plus the fact that uh, we did go, uh, you know, pretty far into a tournament, Billy. Uh, you guys were one of the original Twin Towers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we were. <laughs> In fact, that's uh, kind of what they, they termed us as 610 Twins uh, that year. So uh, what what is your memory of, you know, who is who were the first people that, you know, the first letter that your AD or your your basketball coach that said, you know, hey, here's a letter from so-and-so college or so-and-so university. Who's, who started uh, after you first? Well, the, the first one I, I remember is uh, University of Kansas. Uh, Ted Owens was a coach at that time at University of Kansas. And uh, then they, uh, you know, started coming pretty regular. Uh, and they weren't all the big schools. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of small schools, too. Uh, I'll never forget one of them. Uh, I still have the letters, Panhandle A&M. I don't know if they're still in existence, but I got a letter from the coach out there. <laughs> um, but uh, we, uh, you know, my, my parents held most of that, and Coach Smith and uh, uh, Paul Bateman, the uh, athletic director, would pass on those letters and uh, accumulated quite a few of them over the years. At, at, what, at, of course, you were a Purdue Boilermaker, but was there a chance ever that? there would have been a different college uniform that you would have worn? Well, uh, I did like the University of Kentucky real well. Um, that, you know, I was just, I was so adamant about going to Purdue uh, for several reasons, but uh, Coach Rupp uh, uh, had uh, recruited me and um, there was uh um, you know, if I had to choose another school at that time, I mean, it probably would have been University of Kentucky. You know, I, I, I heard a story from uh, Louis Dampier, and uh, they asked him why he didn't go in-state. He said that, uh, you know, Adolph Rupp was the only one that actually came to his games and watched him play high school basketball. So did, uh, wow. Adolph, Rupp, did Adolph Rupp actually come and watch you play? Uh, I can't really answer that. I, I, I know, I know coach Hall was, uh, coach Joe B. Hall was an assistant at that time. Uh, but Adolph did come to my home and visit with my parents. Um, but I, I don't know if uh, coach Rupp ever did come to a game. Uh, I was never notified that he was, but coach Hall did. Um, let's go back to, 
how you said you pretty much had your mind made up on Purdue. Was there was there any allegiance within the family to Purdue? Did anybody already gone to Purdue, or you just you know you just made your decision that's where you wanted to play? Uh, no, no, no allegiances really. And the, and the big thing that Purdue had was uh, uh, they were building Mackey Arena at that time, Billy, and we were uh, to open it up against UCLA, <clears throat> and um, who had a great team, of course, and. Uh, the reason I was so interested in playing against UCLA was they had uh, Lou Alcindo, who we all uh, know today as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And um, I just, it was, all, it was always my passion that I wanted to play against him. And uh, um, that plus the fact of uh, the new arena there at Purdue, uh, state-of-the-art uh, basketball-only arena, and the fact that uh, Coach George King uh, had signed on there um, just a year previous to when I got there to, uh, to coach. And he was, uh, pretty adamant that, uh, you know, he was recruiting a national championship team. And, uh, of course, Rick, uh, uh, joined up in that class with me and he already had Billy Keller, Herm Gilliam. Uh, we had, uh, you know, all the other guys that wound up on our team, an extremely talented bunch of, uh, of uh, basketball players. So, uh, that, you know, I just uh, I just knew that that was the place to be if we're going to win a national championship. So that's that's uh, all together. All those reasons uh, uh, joined together is why I chose Purdue. Now, did you go to? Was it the semi-state that you guys went to your senior year, where you were when you were undefeated during regular season? No, uh, that was the regional we got beat out uh, my senior year by Southside. Fort Wayne Southside uh, with a very talented uh, uh, young man, Willie uh, Long. Okay. So what what did you find while you were playing high school basketball? Did, I mean, did you have anybody that you would say, hey, you know what, uh, they were hard to guard or uh, that you had, you know, with, with you being so big and having so much size, did you have any trouble with anybody in high school basketball? Yeah, Willie Long was was probably by far the most talented that uh, I'd ever played against uh, Billy, and uh, he went on, I think, to University of New Mexico, and uh, wound up playing some in the ABA, I think. But he was by far over anybody uh, uh, was was by far the most talented person that was close to my size that I ever had to play against. What was your feeling or your excitement when you found out that you were going to be on the Indiana All-Star team? You were picked as an Indiana All-Star. And did you, was there ever any thought, were you, uh, was there ever any thought that you, I mean, you wore number three as an Indiana All-Star, so I'm assuming that means you came in third in the Indiana Mr. Basketball voting, correct? Uh, I'm not quite certain how that balloting goes, but I think that was the, you know, the, the, the perception that that's probably how it went. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was thrilled to death. I mean, it was uh, the ultimate honor, uh, for a high school, Indiana high school basketball player to be selected to the Indiana all-star team. And, uh, ultimately of course, wound up with one of my teammates, Mr. Basketball, Rick Mount, uh, being on that team. And, uh, as a matter of fact, another teammate was on the opposing team, uh, for the Kentucky All-Stars, uh, Tyrone Bedford. So uh, Purdue landed three of us guys out of that, out of that class of the Indiana-Kentucky All-Stars. 
what was it like? Your I, I know your freshman year at Purdue, you, you guys can only play freshman ball and you couldn't play varsity, but what was the biggest difference? Or w- were you a little scared? Were you a little bit nervous going on to the Purdue campus? Um, well, I got uh, got indoctrinated uh, pretty quickly, uh, Billy, about the second day of playing uh, pickup ball because it wasn't uh, uh, regulation season yet as far as practice, but we were expected to be upstairs in the old field house there at Purdue. Uh, working out and uh, playing pickup games. Uh, uh, gentleman by the name of Roger Blaylock, who was a teammate of mine the following year when we uh, we made our run uh, against UCLA opening Mackey. Uh, Roger uh, knocked my front teeth out with his feet on a rebound. So uh, that was pretty. <laughs> out from a you know a little small town kid like. Yeah, from a town the size of Garrett, Indiana, I, I've never had anybody number one get that high on a rebound, and number number two kick me in the mouth, and knock my front teeth out. So, yeah, I, I got a real good welcome to uh, to Big Ten basketball right away. Uh, how did you uh, tell me? A, I, I know I, I went forward a little too fast there, but tell me a little bit about the Indiana All Star experience. And what was your what was your initial reaction to meeting Rick Mount, and uh, how did you guys get along before you actually got to Purdue? Well, uh, Rick and I got along very well. Um, you know, I was just in awe of, of his ability to shoot. I had never uh, uh, been around anybody that shot nearly as well as Rick. I don't think I ever uh, ever was. You know, I never found anybody later throughout my whole basketball career that was. Uh, the shooter that Rick was and uh, the whole group. I mean, it was just great to be with such talented uh, basketball players and uh, uh, to share a couple of weeks with them like that was just, uh, uh, just an outstanding moment in, you know, not my, not only my basketball career, but my whole life. I, I made, made friends, uh, friendships there that lasted, uh, Again, my whole life. So uh, I had wonderful, wonderful experiences with all the guys. Did you think while you were playing freshman basketball there at Purdue that you know, uh, you know that this is this team would be something special as you went into your sophomore year and actually uh, you know played NCAA Division One ball? Well, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Billy, we didn't really partake of any uh, action with the varsity at all. We didn't. Uh, uh, we played a very limited schedule of about three uh, interscholastic uh, games with other teams. Uh, the rest of them were just uh, pickup uh, games with fraternities, the football team, and that type of a thing. But, yeah, I, I mean, I knew from um, the guys that we had on our freshman team uh, combined with uh, the varsity guys that uh, we had, uh, we're going to be an exceptional, exceptional uh, team. And by the start of practice, you know, my sophomore year, I mean, I really, really knew that it was going to be special. Uh, I actually stayed on campus uh, there in West Lafayette between my freshman and sophomore year and uh, worked out and practiced, as, as most of a lot of the varsity guys did, uh, specifically for that opening game against UCLA. I mean, we had things that we knew we were going to work on, and, and we dedicated ourselves and worked all summer. And uh, then when we 
uh, got around to that opening game. Of course, got beat uh, right there in the last second shot. So we were just uh, a shot or two uh, too late that day, that, that evening. But uh, um, it was a, it was just a sign of things to come. Uh, we uh, we uh, had a great year that year, and then of course my junior year wound up in the NCAA final game. So. Um, we had great leadership, uh, not only from the coaching staff, but we had uh, uh, great leaders in Billy Keller and Herm Gilliam uh, that just uh, made a chemistry of a team that uh, you have to have. That's an element. You just you have to have that on all championship teams. That's one of the things that that you know comes right up front is team chemistry, and, and we certainly had that to a. Uh, a superior uh, extent uh, that really helped us. Uh, what who, what was Billy Keller like? You know, I see uh, everybody says he's such a great guy, and uh, you know, I've seen him a couple times. My family went to Washington High School, and I got to see him a couple times uh, at Washington High School post basketball stuff. And uh, what type of guy was he? Was he a really good guy? Well, uh, Billy to this day. Um, I can account that he's, you know, probably one of the finest gentlemen I ever met in my life. And, and I mean, that's the bottom of my heart. Um, Billy and I were in a fraternity together. Um, you know, he did a little bit of recruiting uh, to get me um, there at Purdue. It didn't take much. But, um, I mean, uh, Billy was just kind of my idol there. And uh, we were very close, of course, being fraternity brothers. Uh, we had three or four guys uh, on the team that were all fraternity brothers. But Billy Keller uh, was just a great motivator. I mean, he got you to do things that you probably wouldn't do on your own. Uh, and just, uh, you know, great leader on the floor, uh, great personal friend to everybody, uh, you know, not just me. I mean, all the guys, black or white, knew that they could count on Billy if you whether it was a problem with class or a girlfriend or it was a basketball problem. Uh, and we had that with both Billy and Herm Gilliam, both. Uh, Herm was the same way. I felt this was close to him. But uh, uh, Billy, an exceptional, exceptional, exceptional man. Uh, so the opening of Mackey Arena was against UCLA and uh, Lou Alcindor at the time, correct? That's correct. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, what, what was... Tell me your thoughts because I know that the the, uh, the the place was packed. Uh, were you nervous about going up against uh, 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 Lou Alcindor? Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, give us a little feeling of what it was like to, to play against him. Well, um, of course, you know, as I uh, related to early, earlier, Billy, I knew that we were going to play against. That was one reason I went to Purdue. And basically, we had prepared, you know, for this game, uh, you know, for over a year. Um, and I was quite excited to get a play against Lou. And, and then the night of the game, I mean, I was really nervous. Uh, you know, I've never really gone up against that kind of a talent before, but I was, I was up for the uh, up for the challenge, and uh, I really wanted to uh, do well. And I felt that we really had a, had a team, a mix of talent that we could upset uh, UCLA. And, of course, we came very close to it. I'll I tell you just a real uh, short uh, story aside here. Um, when we went out to warm-ups uh, prior to the game, 
Um, you know, each team takes an end of the floor and usually starts out doing layups. I, I made a huge mistake of looking down at the other end when Lou was going up to shoot a layup. And if some basketball fans I remember, of course, they had outlawed the dunk back then. And I would basically call it the, the Alcindor rule uh, because, you know, he had free reign. He was such a big guy and so mobile and so talented. I mean, everything was, was a stuff shot for Lou. So they took that away for a few years. But as I look down the court here, he's going up for a layup and he takes the ball up to the top of the backboard and just drops it. I just said, oh, man, I turned around and said, boy, I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> so, but it was it was an extremely uh, big opportunity for us. And, uh, you know, we were prepared for it. We played him right down to the end, got beat on the last second shot. And uh, then, of course, we had an opportunity to even that up the next year. Uh, that was a home and home and home series. So we went out to uh, L.A. the next year. And um, and play them out there and play them tough. Not nearly as good as we did at Mackey Arena, but we played them tough out there. And then of course the rubber match we did that same year uh, got to play in the NCAA finals. I was unable to play. I sustained an injury in the uh, Mid East Regionals uh, a couple of weeks prior to that. I busted my shoulder, so I didn't get to go against. Uh, uh, Lou in that final game, and uh, you know they knocked us out. And, uh, but my original intent to going to Purdue to win a national championship, uh, uh, at least I can say we got there and had a chance to do it. Uh, th- that first meeting that you had with UCLA, do you think that if uh, uh, Rick would have been a hundred percent, because I think he had an injury and they had a special thing that went inside his Chuck Taylor's, correct? Yes, he did. Yep. Um, well, I mean, we'll never know, but yeah, I mean, anytime you take, uh, uh, affect, you know, somebody's, uh, ability to, to, to get off, uh, a shot or, uh, jumping ability or anything like that, it's going to have a little effect on you. Uh, Rick did have a, a good night shooting that night, but, uh, at a time when, you know, Rick had a chance to uh, a one and one. I believe it was an opportunity one and one, and he never missed foul shots. I mean, he was <laughs> Mister Mister uh, Money. That's what I always called him. Put your money on it, Rick, because uh, but he missed the front end of the one and one, and they went down and uh, uh, did the last second shot and beat us. But yeah, I mean, I think Rick been a hundred percent. Obviously, could have been. Uh, could have been a little bit of different uh, outcome there, sure. Um, Rick, I, I got an opportunity uh, to interview him, and, and he told me a story of where he saw the team going somewhere, and he asked one of the student managers where they're going, and uh, the student manager didn't want to tell him, and finally the student manager told him, well, they're having a meeting, and uh, Rick said, well, what's the meeting about? And the student manager said, you guys were deciding on whether or not to pass Rick the ball for the rest of the season. <laughs> is that is, is that a, is that a true story? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be, but I don't think there was ever any doubt of any of our minds that you know Rick was certainly our ticket uh, to a national championship. We all, 
you know, we all were uh, outstanding basketball players and, and most of us all Americans in high school. And uh, that was the, one of the great things about having uh, Coach uh, King and his staff. I mean, uh, they were able to uh, get each one of us to, you know, play the role that we needed to play and, um, and you know, get to give up a little bit to have, uh, you know, the type of uh, abilities that we had and uh, wind up in a national championship game. If we hadn't, you know, had the type of staff that would have been able to uh, make make all of us guys understand what was at stake here and what we had if we all uh, did our own particular jobs and would we never would have been nearly as effective ball team. I mean, guys, uh, you talk about offensive power. And, you know, back in the late '60s, I mean, on my that year that we went to the NCAA championships, uh, we were like averaging 93 points a game. My lord, that's 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 a lot of points back then. Yeah, that, that's high octane, high octane uh, offense. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, the um, tell us a little bit uh, about the Indiana Purdue rivalry and what it was like uh, when you played at Purdue. Well, I mean, it, it was a rivalry. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, I would love to see that get rekindled again. I think it's lost a lot of its luster, uh, Billy. But uh, we hope to get that back uh, to where it was. But no, that was a. It was a huge rivalry for us, and uh, uh, you know, we we dominated that while we were while we were there. Thank goodness, uh, we had great success against uh, Indiana. Yeah, I think you guys scored 121 points against them in one of those games you were in. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We uh, we pounded them pretty good there once at Mackey, and uh, um, and I had you know I had some friends on that team. I played with Kenny Johnson and uh, uh, Mike Nolan was on the All Star team with me. That so and I remained uh, friends with those guys, and uh, uh, so it was uh, it was kind of fun to. <laughs> kind of put it on them, you know, because it was, uh, and I, I had uh, visited IU, so um, I knew uh, knew the coaching staff there, and um, it was uh, it was kind of fun to put a herd on the Hoosiers back then. That hasn't happened a whole lot here lately. Speaking of the Indiana and Purdue rivalry, what were some of the toughest places that you found uh, uh, to play? And uh, who were some of the more uh, ruckus crowds that you uh, really had to go up against? And, and really, if you didn't have to, again, you, you wouldn't want to. Well, Ohio, one that sticks out in my mind is Ohio State, uh, the old St. John Arena, uh, Billy. That was a really tough place to play. You know, besides them always having a very talented basketball team, uh, the crowd was right on you. I mean, guys, you took the ball out of bounds there at uh, St. John Arena. You were... You were your rear end was right in somebody's face there, one of the uh, uh, somebody in the crowd. So and plus they were you know extremely uh, uh, back to the Buckeyes really really strongly back then, and uh, so that, that was the toughest place. And uh, Minnesota was an unusual place to play. Also, they had the elevated floor up there. And uh, kind of playing in a dark, dingy barn, it was seemed like. But uh, we always had a lot of success up there, too. But uh, Ohio State, I think, was the toughest back at that particular time. 
what do you think of? I, I know I'm switching gears here a little bit. Uh, what do no you problem. think? What do you think of the uh, way that Indiana high school basketball has made a turn? Uh, do you think it'll ever get back to one class one champion? Do you wish it would get back to that way? Uh, is there anything that can be done to fix what was so wonderful back then? Well, uh, my heart's still in, in uh, one class basketball. I mean, I really miss it. Um, it's nothing like it used to be. Um, I, I, I don't think it'll ever go back there. Uh, I mean, I would certainly be, uh, in fact, I've been involved in some uh, activities to uh, to get it back, but it doesn't look like it's going to go back. I think it, uh, I mean, you know, all the class does provide more opportunities. I mean, I, I, I'm with that. I, I feel it. I understand it. But it's it's just nothing like what single-class basketball was. I mean, uh um, you, you don't have the crowds, you don't have the enthusiasm. Um, you know, my sons uh, are in their middle 20s now and following them uh, through sports and athletics. My gosh, some of the uh, uh, some of the participation from some of the schools was just uh, just pathetic. I couldn't believe it. Not like the old days, Billy. Um, so uh, speaking of that, uh, tell us a little bit about your family. You have, you have a couple of boys? Yes, I have two sons. Yep, uh, a 25-year-old, a 24-year-old. My 25-year-old just got married to a wonderful gal this summer who is a teacher and uh, teaches up in the Fremont, uh, Indiana school system. My son's uh, on the DeKalb County Sheriff's Department. That's the old county that I uh, grew up in there, Garrett. Uh, my younger son, uh, Alex, uh, my older son's named Jordan. My younger son, Alex, uh, graduated a year ago from uh, Notre Dame, and he's uh, working uh, uh, in Chicago, and uh, has a very successful uh, start to a career up there. So we're very proud. My wife Carol is uh, uh, been with me. Oh gosh, I guess we've been married I don't know, 35 years, something like that. But uh, she's been a once wonderful inspiration in my life, and uh, uh, Raised two wonderful young gentlemen. Very, very proud. Very happy with them. Chuck, can I, can I ask you about the accident? Sure, go right ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we give you know I I found a couple of articles on it, but uh, will you give us all kind of a rundown on what happened and and you know what was your thought process on on after it happened? Well, um, I made a terrible, terrible decision. You know, life's all about decisions. Every day you make hundreds and sometimes even thousands of decisions. You, and some of them are, uh, you know, just automatic decisions. The other ones you do have to uh, stop and think about. Well, a decision I made back in uh, uh, 1970 is uh, I decided to drive and drink, and it turned out very, very tragic for me. Uh, the good Lord did bless me uh, with continued life, but I did lose a, I lost my foot in an automobile accident uh, due to, again, uh, alcohol related. And uh, it uh, pretty much was uh, crushed my life. I mean, my whole dreams was uh, centered around basketball. So that was, that was kind of the end of basketball for me. And uh, I didn't handle it very well, uh, quite, quite candidly. I, uh, turn right back to the thing that, uh, 
devastated me, and that was alcohol. I, I was not a very uh, nice guy to be around for a few years. I uh, didn't accept what had happened very well and, and turned to the thing that <laughs> caused it all. But um, a dear friend of mine uh, who actually was kind of a mentor uh, of mine, and even in high school, uh, caught me off guard a little one night and uh, uh, gave me quite a talking to, and uh, I think uh, might have hurt me a little bit if I hadn't said the right things, but things kind of turned around for me uh, after that uh, encounter and uh, decided to get back on uh, on the life cycle here, I knew that uh, you know life was going to go on whether uh, I was involved in it or not, and that was uh, a time in my life where I got involved in business and uh, uh, met my wife, who also was a great inspiration to me, and uh, uh, later our two sons, of course, uh, been very, very blessed uh, that things did turn around for me, I had a very successful business career. And uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends uh, around the Midwest uh, involved uh, through the years in my business and uh, continue on with those friendships. And basketball, as always, of course, uh, number one question is how tall are you? And number two, did you play basketball? So that's opened a lot of doors for me over the years, Billy. Uh, so, so once you were done at Purdue... Did you want to get into coaching basketball, or what? What avenues did you take to get where, where you are now, and what do you do right now? Well, I uh, I've had uh, some businesses throughout my life and been successful with that, and uh, I have wound up uh, being um, an independent rep of uh, uh, manufacturers, and that business has been extremely good to me over the years, and has let me travel. And I'm still doing, as a matter of fact, and um, get to uh, interact with a lot of uh, not only uh, customers, but dear friends now after being uh, involved for uh, so many years. And uh, uh, again, basketball is always a big topic. I basically travel around the Big Ten area, so uh, that works out well. And uh, uh, you know, we're never uh, we're never uh, short for conversation uh, about sports around the Big Ten area for sure. Um, do you remember where you were when you got the phone call telling you that you were going to be inducted in the Indiana Basketball Hall thing? Well, I do. <clears throat> I was home, and um, quite frankly, I didn't uh, I didn't know whether to take a call seriously or not, Billy. Uh, it was actually uh, the call was from a dear friend and. Uh, teammate of mine, Ralph Taylor, who we were teammates together at Purdue, uh, played at Indianapolis, Washington uh, with Billy Keller uh, when they won the championship in 1965. Well, Ralph came to Purdue. Uh, he was the uh, Mackey Arena crowd's favorite player. But anyway, Ralph called me up and uh, we, you know, we had talked occasionally, so it's not like we hadn't talked for years. And, uh, We've uh, uh, kind of jostled around, jokingly with each other before. And Ralph says, "Well, Chuck, I want to I want to congratulate you. I'm calling you to uh, notify you that uh, you've been nominated to get in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame." I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, Ralph." 
what's what's going on? And he said, No, seriously. And Ralph's uh, Ralph was uh, I think at that year I think Ralph was president of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, I know he served uh, many offices there uh, for the Basketball Hall of Fame. He says, no, he says, seriously, I'm, I'm calling you and notifying, and you're going to be getting a letter and information from the, from the Hall of Fame, and uh, we expect to see you at such and such a date and all this kind of, wow. But what a blessing it was uh, to be able to have such a, uh, somebody that meant so much to me in my life as all my teammates at Purdue did, uh, to be able to make that phone call and tell me that was just, it was just priceless, Billy. Uh, what was it like going down and, you know, uh, and, and what is it like also to, you know, to uh, see your portrait up there in, in, in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Well, it's very, very humbling. Of course, a, a wonderful honor um, that, you know, any any kid that plays basketball in Indiana, I mean, gosh, that's the ultimate uh, compliment to you. So um, what a wonderful uh, uh, occasion it is when you're uh, brought into the Hall of Fame down there. You meet all the other uh, inductees with great history and people that you know about, heard about, read about. It's uh, just a very humbling experience, and you really don't you don't sink in until you know a week or so afterwards. Just really, uh, what a true great honor it is, Billy. It's, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I'm, that's going to be there pretty much, I guess you could say forever. So, you know, not only my sons, but my grandchildren will be able to, you know, walk in that hall of fame. So, well, there's grandpa Davis. <laughs> so, uh, it just is so gratifying and, and to, um, you know, have uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm really the second Hall of Fame member. Tony Miller uh, was also a basketball Hall of Fame member from Garrett. So our little community of Garrett, I'm so proud to, you know, to be able to represent them down there in the Basketball Hall of Fame. They've all, all those people, it seemed like I know every person that lived in that town one time or another. And what great friends and what great fans they are and how great they're back to sports. So. That's what it's all about, you know, Indiana basketball is about not only the big teams, but the little teams, too. Uh, Do you still uh, uh, get to West Lafayette and see a couple games, or did you? uh, Uh, Not uh, while my sons were in school, we we did a lot. Um, We get back for more or less special occasions now, and uh, like the rededication of Mackey and – um, not as much as I'd like to, but we do. Yes, I will answer you. Yes, we do. Uh, but just not as much as I'd like to. I get in town on business once in a while, and I always try to look up old friends and coaches. But um, you know, Coach Katie was a was a dear friend, and and I always keep count on stopping by and saying hi to him. Uh, Coach Painter, uh, same way. But I don't, uh, you know, I just don't feel quite as connected there. But. Uh, uh, real proud of, of you know the job that he's doing. I know things are coming along, and you, you're gonna gonna give them Hoosiers some some competition again, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been joined by Chuck Bavis, uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame member. Thank you so much for spending 
this time with us this evening. Uh, it's been an honor. I know you have a busy schedule and everything else, and, and I thank you for uh, taking time out of your, uh, your weekend to spend with us. Billy, I couldn't uh, follow a better person to spend it with. Thank you so much, all you do on uh, on the Internet with uh, the Hoosier basketball memories and everything. I certainly enjoy it. You know I do. I check in every once in a while, and we get a smiley face back and forth. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to be with you tonight. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that, that is, that's no 